does everybody know what time it is? Time to get those fingers ready to hit that 30-second skip-ahead button if you hate <laughs> foot stuff. <laughs> That's right. It's grunt work. To the wall. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Till Jeffrey's gross phone calls. Till Carrie sleeping down the hall. Till all feet feet motherfucker. Till Al feet feet goddamn. Because you're listening to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that I'm pretty sure has used Get Low as a talk singing intro at least once before. I'm your host, Truman the I Would. W-O-O-D, if I could, man, caps. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Landon, the agony of the feet, man, Solano. Uh, Landon, it is good to see you, as always. Does this mean I have to do uh, a classic rock opening if you're taking (laughs) over the the, the hip-hop realm? You you know, Landon, that's between... At at some point, are are our approaches going to collide like Aerosmith and Run DMC for Walk This Way? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and if if they do, I think um, I think uh, music as a whole will benefit from it. Uh, look, Landon, it's it's between you and your god whether you want to trade with me. I, I'm just going to tell you, it's not like I'm going to start listening to hip hop at any length because of this. <laughs> it's more like this episode didn't immediately lend itself to a song selection, but they talk about Windows a lot, and when one Google's songs about Windows. You, you just don't you don't get a whole lot. I did find a, a Wings song that mm-hmm. was pretty good, but it was about opening a door or something. I'm uh, wait, Paul McCartney and Wings, let him in, let him um, in. But yeah, yeah, but uh, Uncle which, Albert. Which is, yeah, it's um. Uh, wait, is Uncle Albert on there? Sister Susie, brother John? No, Uncle <laughs> Albert. That's I, I think you're thinking of a different Beatles adjacent song. <laughs> Look, the the point the point land and here on Grunt Work, the only podcast about Wings. Uh, is that uh, there were the TV show wings to windows the, the TV show wings it's the one part of the uh, Cheers cinematic universe that I have not yet conquered and as I recall you hated it so it, it I could did be no 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 I I did not hate it I loved it when I was watching it growing up um I tried to reapproach it not too long ago and just couldn't yes. get back into it because the at least the early you know first couple episodes Stephen Weber you know, slacker, womanizing character. Uh, it was just a little too much to take. This smarmy, like, just go fuck mm. yourself type of character that, yeah. um, I don't know, I just couldn't quite get on board with. I will yeah, say, know, though, I, I grew yeah. up being like, oh, my God, Stephen Weber, he's the funny one, <laughs> like, and loving him. I did a, a complete 180, and when I was trying to watch it again, it was like, Tim Daly's where it's at, man. He's good looking. Mm-hmm. He's sensitive. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's sensible. <laughs> he's running. He's holding down that airport. And Stephen Weber's just coming in there and being like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to do whatever I want to, honk honk. I, <laughs> the honk honk comes in because he's a, a clownish character. Oh, oh, okay. I thought, okay. I thought you, I thought either he was honking the horn of an airplane at that moment or you thought he was Skeeter, <laughs> Doug's friend from Doug, whose catchphrase is honk honk. Um, <laughs> 
Look, but no, but uh, I there's nothing better than watching a sitcom you watched as a child and then watching it as an adult and kind of uh, reappraising it through new eyes, maybe developing yep. new opinions about the protagonist on that sitcom. Uh, that's something I've been doing a lot with the TV series Home Improvement. <laughs> oh! Which is, in fact, what we make a podcast about. And first-time oh. listeners uh, may not may not have picked up on that thus far. First-time listeners, season eight, episode three. This is this is what I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna start. This is because this is I, this is where the uh, they've read about it in the history books. This is where yeah. the Aerosmith and Run DMC of uh, <laughs> podcast talk singing intros collided. Um, I think I think we need to commit to season eight only doing deep deep cuts. We're we're only doing oh. it for the hardcore fans. Okay, yes, no 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 new people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We need to just be more and more and more alienating as we go, which I, I think was honestly happening naturally anyway. <laughs> I loved um, when the grunt creep jumped into the oil bin where the void was and met Pink's wife. And yeah, and then and then uh, Sir Larry came out of the came out of the darkness and asked him if he wanted to join the transition initiative. It was it was a really cool <laughs> moment in this episode. Um, but you know, here we are. Here, Here we, are. we are. The eighth uh, season of this. Um, <laughs> Truman, so- Truman, I have a little bit of an update uh, before we get into um, the episode. Uh, okay. An update and an admission. Oh. A confession, almost. Oh, okay. This is slowly slowly getting into almost like a Cinemax uh, title uh, territory. <laughs> uh, and here is David Duchovny to narrate <laughs> <laughs> my confession. Uh, I'd listen to it. That'd be a big get. Okay, uh, t- tell me about this enticing <laughs> confession of yours. Well, I texted you something this week um, that I was not proud about. Oh, yes, you did text me that, and I, um, you know, and I consoled you in that moment. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to tell them? Oh, you can. You can tell them because there's more to the story. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I, I receive a text from my friend Landon. Uh, I want to say that this was in the middle of the night, but it was not. Uh, it was just, no, it was 4 or 14 p.m. on a Friday, and just, Truman, I have a big confession, that message sends. Another message comes in, I just grunted. Um, and then, even more devastating is that, uh, Truman, supposedly a good friend to Landon, did not respond until, uh, the following day, so, uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, and we can, we can, we can break open my great shame, but I, I, I must know, yeah, why did, why did you grunt? Because also... My initial, actually, my initial response was like, of course, I grunt every time I get on and off the couch. What the hell? Yes, likewise. Yes, context makes a difference. Yeah. No, but this was like full on Tim Allen grunting, Tim Taylor grunting. Uh, Interchangeable. And it it wasn't 100% intentional. I have to admit it was. (laughs) Oh, shit. I, I, I found that inner primate place that he's talking about i feel like william hurt and altered states like <laughs> returning to <laughs> some sort of internal beast you're there banging on the door jam of your uh, your apartment and turn into different colors um okay okay so you you unleashed your inner iron john yeah yeah uh well uh, i'm not gonna touch that one um what no don't yeah don't touch your iron john landed we're trying to podcast right now here here's okay so here's the update is i grunted at the faucet issue i was having last week (laughs) you grunted at it you looked at the broken faucet and you started grunting and that water works now here's (laughs) 
you're not too far off. Oh, Here's shit. the situation, and and I the twist that I haven't told you yet. Um, mm. I, okay. So long story short, Confessions, like twists. There, I have a lot of hard water. We went over that last week. I had two different leaks in two different places on this faucet, so I had to replace the faucet. But mm. so I previously since, on grunt work since, since we recorded, bought a new smart faucet. And it came, and I started uh, to install it, but I had to get the previous faucet off the sink first. Uh, uh, if, if I may, uh, listeners, if you're wondering, what is a smart faucet? I am too, and I'm hoping that'll come up in the course of the story. <laughs> well, I can t- touch on that separately. I mean, it's just, uh, very succinctly, it's a, a faucet that has a motion sensor and a touch mm. sensor on it to help conserve water. Okay, okay, that makes sense. The faucet is smart, your co-host is not. Please continue. <laughs> um, the the mineral uh, buildup that mm-hmm. uh, was the problem with this previous faucet that hadn't been replaced since the place was built 20 years ago uh, had cemented this um, screw that holds the, the mount in place for the, the mm-hmm. faucet to not kind of wobble around. Uh, yeah. It, it was not moving, and if anyone has been under a sink, there's just it's the most inconvenient space in a home to have to do any kind of home improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not meant for a human body. There's no way to maneuver your neck and your shoulders and your arms and your back and your sides under this tiny little space where there's pipes and there's hoses and there's a garbage <laughs> disposal. There's no light. Like there's it's there's just probably bugs. Uh, no. I mean, especially not after all the cleaning I did, uh, in, in the previous episode, but. Oh, look, look at, look at Landon. Look at Landon with the no bugs in his house because he thinks he's better than me or some shit. Okay, please go on. Uh, so there's just this one little screw that is like, I, I can't get off. Um, just pause N- for Nice. A, yeah, yeah. It's a, pause yeah, for an well, edit I mean, point. That, that, that happens to a lot of Iron Johns, yeah. Uh. Once I finally, I got some WD forty. I, I like I, I I did some maneuvers up, on yeah. this nut. I did some maneuvers <laughs> on this nut, and <laughs> I'm, I'm not contributing anything at this point. It's funny enough on its own. Please continue. I finally, I finally got it to got it to move. Nut, yeah, yeah. I finally got the nut to loose loose enough to come off. And uh, once I did and, like, ripped the previous faucet out of there, it just came out of me. It was just like, <laughs> it was It was a grunt in, in the, 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 like, primal sense of conquering something. Like, I yeah. finally fucking did this thing. I am better <laughs> than you, you stupid fucking corroded nut. Uh, so, so it came from a place of grievance, you would say, like you were angry at the at the faucet for being. I, no, I mean, I'm no, I no, I would have because I would have grunted had I been under the sink trying to get it off. I did not grunt at that point. I only grunted okay. once I conquered it and okay. was able to rip it from the sink. So you, ri- so it isn't uh, as you rip it free. It's rip it free and then holding it aloft. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. Oh wow. I mean, wow. I'm doing my own. I'm not. You know, that's, no, no, but that's, I, that's a grunt from my soul, not, no, not but, trying to imitate Tim Allen. 
look, I reboot Home Improvement with you. That is a that is a grunt for the 21st century. I prefer that <laughs> grunt. So I I can't I can't explain why. Maybe just because it's different from the grunts I've been listening to for the last five years. <laughs> Here's I, the twist. Okay. Here's the twist. Um, I had another. That wasn't your house. <laughs> yeah, it was a mix up with the keys. <laughs> um, I had another plumbing issue. Uh, where I had a slight clog in my ba- uh my my shower, mm-hmm. and uh again I can't overstate how just hard the water is here. Uh, I the next thing I buy is a water softener, one hundred percent. But mm-hmm. I had to try to remove the drain to get the clog out because I you know couldn't get one of those plastic things with the spikes on it to you know do that. I couldn't you know I bought a five dollar yeah. Uh, coil thing that you push and it gets this little yeah, claw yeah, yeah, the out. snake, yeah, yeah, the snake. It, it, that's so, that's the thing I've actually done. That's one piece yeah. of home improvement I've done. It sucks, but I couldn't get the the uh, drain cover off because mm. the screw that goes through the drain cover into the drain again was just like it was cemented in there, mm. and yeah. so I had to like puncture the the drain cover. I'm like, I'll just go fucking buy a new one of those. You know, I would rather spend ten bucks just getting through to this thing and getting the clog out uh, than spending three hours trying to do this. Anyway, I got to the point where I got the cover off, but the screw still wouldn't come out of the drain. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing everything I could with the, the lime away and a, a vinegar baking soda mix and a, a WD-40, anything I could to work on this screw... And finally, the screw uh, broke off. Uh, and just... so it didn't come out. It just, the, the top of it broke off. And mm. so I just have the screw stuck in the drain. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this shocked even me in the moment. Like, I was frustrated. I did this thing. And then mm-hmm. it took me out of my frustration just to go, oh, my God, I've just discovered something. I what? did a grunt that we haven't heard before. Oh, really? You did. A, I did. I did a grunt of intimidation. Wait, you like you were intimidated by the situation, so you grunted, or you were trying to intimidate the screw into I not was, being stuck. <laughs> I was trying to intimidate the screw the way that like an alpha gorilla would kind of bang the ground or bang his chest to like you know try to call out an, another ape. I was just like you know it, was, it, it almost like came more out of my nose than it did my throat. Oh and, god, like a nasal grunt. Yeah, like and it, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. And it it wasn't something out of grievance. It was like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> I did did that did that fix it? Did you did you kill the it, screw? It did not. <laughs> like I did not. Like I said, I, I I'm, gun, too se- <laughs> I'm too self-reflexive to go. Uh as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh my god, that's something new. <laughs> I just discovered a new a new grunt that we haven't uncovered in seven years. Look, you've got a. Um, I, I think you need to go full altered states with this, and you need to tear down that barrier that's preventing you from fully accessing that. You need like a sensory deprivation tank that I guess is full of chili. That's what Tim Allen would do, and you just float in that, and l- really like you. You could be unlocking some more primal version mm-hmm. of you that could fix up your whole house oh, for wow. free, basically, or at least the cost of the chili. <laughs> well, um, I just looked at the price of uh, water softener installation, so 
I'm I'm willing to sleep in a vat of chili for a night if it means that I don't have to pay that kind of money to have someone come out here. Uh, you know, okay. Uh, you might have you might have to pay for someone to clean up your uh, carpets after you get out of the vat of chili. Um, I I also I I am I am both impressed uh, by your transformation, and I am also realizing listening to you tell these stories that again, if we have a first time listener who blundered into this thinking it's a home improvement podcast. Up until now, they would still think it is actually a podcast about low H, low I home improvement. I mean, it's <laughs> these these are things Fair. that I'm I'm you know these are things that I hear homeowners talk about, and I just think, wow, oh my oh my gosh, that homeowning changes you, and this is just yet another signpost on that on that road. Uh, I well maybe I guess so it does yes, but um, I don't know. I hope I'm not obnoxious about it. I, I don't mention oh, this. No. Outside of people who are actively interested in it and, you know, the fact that we have a somewhat topical <laughs> pod. This is the first time since we started doing this podcast that we have anything remotely, you know, related to its content to talk about. No, that's no, I no, I I think that it's good that we're talking about it. I think this is a good dimension because you're finally like after years of watching the show, you are actually now in a situation to start almost empathizing with Tim on some level. I think it's great to well, talk about the home improvement. I just hope that our, I hope that, I hope that maybe one day we could become a show that both people looking for home improvement advice and people who want to hear about the show home improvement can both listen to and enjoy. Yeah. I guess to, to segue this into our show, <laughs> our real show that we do, um, which is I not am, about I'm, wings. I'm at a point now where like an episode of little tips and tricks to do around the house to get screws out of, you know, uh, how do you get a stripped screw out of a, a you know, a drain? I would love to see that on tool time. <laughs> that would be helpful for me. How much, how much joking around and goof em ups would you appreciate in the process of getting zero percent? <laughs> if, if the host started monologuing to the audience about problems in his personal life, right before he shows you how to rip the screw off, would that be like edging for you almost? Um, I don't know that edging is the right word for it. I mean, you're just you're right. You're you're really close to getting that home improvement knowledge that you've been craving, but then but then you're delayed from it. I don't know. Maybe I would I would do an intimidation grunt. I think. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's that's a, the proper response. <laughs> oh God! But we are here to talk about the TV show Home Improvement. And yes. Truman, did we do that this week? Well, I mean, we are we have not talked about the TV show Home Improvement okay, yet good. this week, but we did we did watch it. Yeah, I just I'm afraid to make the discussion sure I, I didn't still have fall into the time slip again. The time slip is afterwards when we look at this and like, how did we spend two hours on on this? That's that's when it's gonna that's when it's gonna happen. Um, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week, and, and Landon, could you tell me what happened this week on Home Improvement? Ooh, I can because I wrote a synopsis. Sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G are Jeff and Carrie. Mm-hmm. They are Tim's brother and Jill's photographer's sis, in case you forgot. It's real awkward for everybody involved because sex is weird. <laughs> perfect, perfect. No notes. I think four <laughs> of my favorite haikus uh, in history. Um, yeah, but this yeah, is that, a, yeah, that's yeah. a the sexy synopsis of our episode but truman do you want to guess that title uh yeah i do i have uh, i have five options um okay and i have one clue for you 
Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, before uh, b- before I start saying my titles, I'll just fill in uh, one or two other details about the plot, namely that a lot of it has to do with wood, and also Tim and Jill talk about a type of window a whole lot. So just, just you know, it'll, it'll make sense. Um, we might um, have watched different episodes. <laughs> uh, I watched the third episode of the season. As did I. Okay. Yeah, Does I think involve- we... No, Tim's brother and Jill's sister? Yeah, it does involve Tim's brother and Jill's sister. Okay, okay, there you go. I guess we watch one. Okay, all right. Uh, so let, let me uh, let me just go. Okay, you threw a scare into me there for a second. <laughs> it's almost been one year since the last time that happened, and we watched different episodes. <laughs> all right, go Okay, ahead. all right. First option, Tim's got wood. I don't want to know about that. I, I mean, look, I it's, it's a, it's... Neither of us has mentioned it yet, but but horny jail is, I think, a danger once again for this episode. So again, ride that ride that fifteen second skip button because uh, it, it might get rough. We are joyriding the horny streets for sure. <laughs> uh, second option: relative relations. Okay. Uh, third option: rear window. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm not sure I want to know what the double entendre of that is. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, next option, uh, and this is, uh, the first word, and this is spelled with a K, carnal knowledge. Yeah? If, if it was about an Al episode, I would give that to you. It's a, it's, it's a good title. Thank you. Not for this. Uh, look, I res- I reserve the right to reuse this if there is a sexy Al episode later this season. <laughs> All right, um, fine. Tr- trick question, every second with Al in it is sexy already. Um... <laughs> Okay, final one. The foot of the bed. Eh? Oh, got it, because feet. Because foot stuff in this episode, yes. Uh, so was I... I'm unrelated to the sex stuff. Mm, is it? Because yes, they it, it seems to it seems to it seems to um the foot stuff seems to lead into the sex stuff, and I'm just wondering what about talking about feet prompt someone to go there hey so landon was what was the title of the episode was it any of the ones that i put out I, there i have a clue for you uh okay. that is gonna I, it's gonna be very exclusive to our non-patron listeners but you clearly said the title of this episode in this week's patron episode in our night's episode okay okay uh well little shop of horrors is not it uh no. No. We were talking houseplants. We were talking houseplants. Oh, man. Mm. Mm. I've already forgotten. This is the thing also. I put this <laughs> I podcast out of my mind so quickly, and that is not a diss <laughs> on the podcast. It's just, you know, it's just getting by in life. Um, I'm trying it's, to think. It's, uh, the name of a, it's the name of a TV show. Uh, uh, well, okay. We talked about wings in this episode. Oh, no, no, no. Um... Uh, Battlestar Galactica. I, I but I always say Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I, <laughs> Episode three of the eighth season is called Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Listen, I I think one of the sexier shows out there, so it wouldn't be super <laughs> far off. Um. Okay, Lane, just tell me, tell me what it is. I'm so I can feel stupid already. Stupid. All than in the family. Feel. All in the family. 
episode done... three appeared uh, on TV screens on October 6th, 1998. Directed once again, three for three this season by Jeffrey Nelson and written by Elliot Schoenman and Marley Sims, who are doing co-duties as executive producers and showrunners on this show season. Well, wow. Episode. Well, uh, Landon, what did you think of this episode? Oh, you son of a bitch! Yeah, I know, I know. You think you're you think you're so smart with remembering things that I say, but uh, I, I can I can still surprise you. You can. Um, I have one very simple reflection. Yeah, uh, I like this episode, but it's forgettable. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I that's guess it. You said I, you had, I mean, it's that's it? it's it's once we get down to the super spectacular. Um, I'm not going to remember that we the details of this episode at all. Yeah, I, I've that's already a, a, forgotten that wooden windows have anything to do with it. That's th- really throwing me through a loop. Okay, okay. Wow, yeah, they made, they made such an impression with me. That's it. I watched it this morning, though. I watched it like eleven a.m. So you know, I, I'm I'm maybe I'm fresher than you. <laughs> well, make it a hygiene issue, why don't you? Well, you're the one who's been under sinks and grunting and stuff. I live fair. a very, <laughs> a very inactive life. I am um, now podcasting from a closet, so. So I this episode for me I I completely agree um that that I can see I can see myself forgetting this episode. I really like this episode a lot. I think it is very well constructed and I mm-hmm. am impressed. It, it's just saying something that we're going to forget this episode because this episode is really solidly put together. It is a well-written episode. Yeah. It is a very well-shot and interestingly shot episode. Um it's funny. It has I it just very. I it, it's it's a good episode in a whole lot of ways, and I think that it's um, really sort of <laughs> indicative of all the best things about being in the eighth season of a sitcom, yes. where we know so much about Tim and Jill and their families and their baggage with their families that you can do an episode like this and stir up some conflict between Tim and Jill that is based on stuff that we've seen develop over the course of years. And yeah. it's, and it I, still it, feels it's, that that conflict between them feels new ish. Like, I don't yes. feel like we've actually seen this, you know, particular um, divisiveness before. Yes. It, it feels, it feels new which is anything feeling new on a show that's been on for eight years is huge. And yeah. it also, it feels real in a way a lot of other fights between them don't. It's like, it seems like a lot of the time the yeah. fight is like Tim dropped an iron girder on my car or Tim blew up the dish. Like, or Tim's there's not just a- being a whiny asshole. <laughs> Yes, yes, certainly. And which and that might be honestly that that one probably is pretty relatable for a lot of women. My husband is being a whiny aggressive asshole. But there's a lot of other ones where just it's like, okay, this is this is funny, but like I can't place a lot of my own personal life in like, oh, someone yeah. close to me put a rocket pack on a washing machine or something like that. But this is like this feels Such like a real weird episode. I, <laughs> when he said well, he, that that washing machine to space. Well, he'd already sent the barbecue grill into space. He had to one-up <laughs> it. Be- that was just the, orbit. They, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. full-blown space. The The aliens were using it to grill, and they were getting barbecue sauce all over their alien clothes, so we had to send <laughs> the, the washing machine up there to wash them and prevent an interstellar war. The point is, um, I just... I, I th- this is just a really solid piece of TV, and I talk about a lot of times where I feel like the writers went home at three o'clock on a Wednesday, and this one felt like they worked 
real yeah. hard to just kind of make every every scene funny, every scene matters, everything's good. It's great. It's good. I like believable it a lot. to the characters. Like there's uh, to me, it doesn't feel like anyone's stepping out of their their characterization for the sake mm-hmm. of a plot or a joke. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of what I that that's the version you know whether it's memorable or not that's the version of home improvement i just love to see is mm-hmm. you know it it takes the character's growth seriously and yes. it, 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 the characters can inhabit that um cuz you can then with that you feel the eight seasons it's like mm-hmm. the season premiere of this was just like did Tim just step out of season three? Like nothing yeah. about this feels, it feels like it's doing a disservice to the fans that have watched from the beginning. Uh, it just feels like it's stepping out of, you know, it, the episode feels like it falls into a time slip. This one mm-hmm. feels like you, you can feel the history of the eight seasons and yeah, it's all the better for it. I, the, the same way I've, I've talked about how the opening credits for the last, for last season and this season are really effective because they're kind of a tribute to everything you've seen mm-hmm. so far. You see every version yeah. of the boys. You see, you know, two other older versions of the family to kind of say, holy shit, you've watched all these people grow up together. I know. I, th- yeah. This ep- this episode feels like also sort of an encapsulation of that. I think without even really trying, like without intending to go for that, but something about this is just like, damn, I know these people really well. I, Yeah, I know Jill's dad. He was kind of prickly. He didn't like Tim. Um, and did you yeah. notice uh, this episode uh, that Taryn Noah Smith is going by Taryn Smith? <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that Jonathan Taylor Thomas is uh, getting credited even though he's not on the show anymore? Uh, he wasn't, though. Uh, I said, well, he's in. Okay, is he not? Okay, getting credited, no. <laughs> Appearing in the opening credits Appearing, with yes. the rest of the family. <laughs> We're, okay, yes. yes, yes, I did notice that, and I, I actually had that as a comment. Yeah. Well, okay, beat you to it. So, look, then, do we want to do we want to dive into this episode that none of us will remember watching or, or talking about? <laughs> yeah, let's sit shoulder to shoulder while looking through a scrapbook and gently touch hands while pointing out the details of a photo and stare into each other's eyes while butterflies fly through our stomachs until we find Ew. ourselves cheek to cheek making flippy floppy with our family in the next room trying to distract themselves with the deep dive. Somehow, somehow grosser than any of the foot stuff in this episode. <laughs> um... So we, we we start out at home where uh, the grunt creep is pogo sticking around. Jill is mm-hmm. doing some laundry and cleaning up around the house. Uh, when Tim comes in modeling a, a very special blazer, uh, this makes Jill uh, rather um, uh, aroused sexually, and they uh, start uh, trying to go at it, uh, but then are uh, interrupted when Tim gets a voicemail from his... Not a voicemail... <laughs> Because it's the 90s, he gets an answering machine message from his brother Jeff, who uh, describes a gross foot fungus that turns Jill off. And we go to the opening credits. <laughs> um, first, right out the gate, the grunt creep. Um, I love, it feels like this week the grunt creep just gets some time to himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, normally the grunt creep is doing something related to the scene, what's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or a consequence of something Tim or another character is doing is is affecting it. This, yeah. This week he's just like, no, nope, I have nothing to do with the scene. I'm just gonna I'm just pogo sticking for fun. That's just yeah. That's just what I do in my time off. <laughs> I'm just trying to set the new record. Don't mind me. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. It after and honestly he doesn't watch even out for fall... them graboids. Yeah. That's <laughs> thank you. Exactly what I was concerned about. Um, <laughs> he doesn't even fall right. He just no, pogo he sticks doesn't. through. 
Yeah, typically, like, typically he is trying to help Tim and Al on tool time and then falling into something. And it's really, yeah, it's really good to just, the, the grunt creep on his day off. Maybe, <laughs> honestly, maybe he's off to hang out with Brad and Randy, not Brad and Randy, Brad and Mark, Randy is no more. Uh, maybe he's off to hang out with the boys because they do not appear in this episode. There are vague they references don't. to the idea of there being kids, but they are th- not today. <laughs> And Truman, that's the first episode of the series where they don't appear. I guess you're right. They always show up, like, even in episode, like, they usually get at least one appearance. Yeah. Did, did they just, did they, do you think the idea was that, like, if we show the two boys, they're going to wonder where Randy is, and then that's going to make people sad, so we just, like, <laughs> like let's not, let's not <laughs> show them the missing is a little boy. break? Maybe. Yeah, just, that yeah, could like, be. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is strange. Um, you know, contractually, people are like, we we've speculated about this with with Earl Hinman of like, yeah. there's no reason for him to be in this episode, but he's here because his contract stipulates that he has to be in all 25 episodes a season. So, why I, they're not here, I don't know. I mean, maybe or maybe it's just that they're paying them for 25 episodes a season, and it's like normally it's like well, we've got to put them in. We're paying oh. them for this, but so maybe in this case it was just you, like oh, they get the paycheck, but we're not going to use them. Maybe because they're minors. They, I, I mean, this would be. I'd love to know this, but maybe because they're minors, there's a limit to maybe how many hours, or maybe even how many um, episodes they can do a season. And because we have 27 episodes this season, maybe they couldn't put them into all 27 of them. I- I'm I'm going to say that would make more sense in an earlier season when these kids were really young. I feel like the ages that, that Zachary Ty Bryan and Taryn Smith are at at this point, they're like, I don't think the super restrictive kids on set rules are applying anymore. Well, they still got to go to school and shit. I, I mean, look, I don't think it it's not about capability. I think it's about, you know, SAG regulations are very strict. And, you know, especially with a union show owned by Disney. You know they're not going to break any any rules. Yeah, Dis- Disney, huge fan of unions, massive massive uh, proponent of that whole thing. You, uh, no, no, no. You you make a good point. You you do make a good point. I, I don't. It, I don't it's know. Just speculation. I, it, there's there's it could be any number of reasons for this episode to be missing the boys, but it is it is an interesting glimpse, kind of like when Tim and Jill go over for dinner um, at. Um, at their friend's house. I, I you know, they, they go over for dinner at the apartment downtown while uh, Brad crashes the car, whatever episode right, yeah. that was. Yeah. It, seeing them doing things without the kids and the kids kind of removed. Fr- I don't know. It's interesting. It's like watching. Yeah. It's like they've we've walked into a sitcom about hip single people in the city and not <laughs> a family. Well, that segues very nicely into my next note, which is when Jill starts to get on Tim, yeah. like it. They 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 get it on, <laughs> like it's 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 I it's kind of risque. It's it's a little bit more intimate than I kind of would expected. This this show this show is is going for it more than I've seen in the past. T- Tim has come downstairs while Jill is doing laundry, and he's wearing a wood grain patterned blazer. So like this blazer just looks like a two by four looks, and. Yeah, she just she says, "Oh yeah, I, you know, it's it's." They make a couple jokes about it being like a lumberjack at her part of the 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 Calvin Pine collection, but then yeah, Jill just kind of like 
slinks over to him and pushes him back against a chair and is making out with him. And it's it's um <laughs> you know it's it just I my the the biggest the 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 thing that is most jarring about it is that yes this is kind of a more sensuous uh, uh, approach to physical <laughs> acts of love. How gross can I make this sound? Than we've seen on the show before. <laughs> I mean, tiptoeing like, around it is making it grosser, but this is This is sexier than the show has gone before, and the thing that prompts it is Tim wearing a wood grain patterned jacket. That's what's <laughs> funny. It's not even Tim doing... Yeah. It's not even like Tim like with his shirt off or doing something that could be like construed as sexual. So it's making me think... That maybe Jill has something with wood. I, I no, mean... I, I, I mean, I, sorry, I'm not trying to dismiss your your thought there, but I, I mean, I, I don't want it to undermine what they're actually going for here, which is I, I just love the idea that they are tapping into you know the the sex drive of a middle aged mother who's going back to school. Like that, they're giving her that is awesome. It's true. That's true. That's very true. Because uh, she does make a note here uh, when she says to Tim, oh, you know, um, I don't have an, a, a class or an appointment. I can't remember what it was, but, like, she talks about having a window. I see yeah. it Yeah. Now. I see it yeah. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a window. You can look through it. It is and a window. See the point okay, that I was making. Got it. That's not an actual window. It's a metaphorical window of time. Yes. Uh, I understand. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, this is good. This is how this is how I know that my titles are good. Is that it takes Landon about half of the episode to figure out the joke. All right, all right. Take it from the top. Here we go. Okay, does everybody? Does um, everybody know what word it is? Okay. Anyway, uh, I, I I really love that they are giving her you know uh, that characteristic that she's like. I'm I'm fucking I'm a horny I'm I got some hornies in me and yeah, um, yeah tiptoe around it. <laughs> I was I, I, I was being as I say that in everyday life. That's that's me being direct. I, whenever I want to uh, get it on, I just say, "Hey, I got some hornies in me. Let's do it." Okay, okay. That, we're, it works. We're 0% going to jail of the time. We're go. We're be- going back to jail, and we're repeat of- offenders at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I no, I agree with you. I think that it is. It, it is. It is good that they are that they are giving her this moment, and that they are. Um, and also, I, I don't know the way that the way that they. The show is also just more mature about like yeah. it, I, I feel like in the past it's been kind of a tee tee we're gonna you know right. go whatever and it's and out in the open just, they don't need fuck spots anymore yeah like yeah exactly they're having well the the couch is very nearly at one point but they're and the fact that so much of it is discussed in terms of just scheduling and like oh we have a window right now the kids are at school and I have to go to work in twenty minutes and I've got a class at this time I don't know it's like everything else in this episode, it just feels very real. Just like, yeah, you yeah. Know, these are two people who have been together for a while and they know what they want. And it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's well, and the way that they are with each other too, you know, the, the, it's not played for laughs. There's like a good two or three seconds of silence from the audience as they're like getting it on before the phone mm-hmm. rings. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think that was, do you think live studio audience was present for that? Do you think there were, there yes. was like a hundred, 300 people watching? Yep. Oh man, the professionals! Total, total. Pros. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I have two more notes. Uh, yeah. one was just the amount of bubble gum <laughs> that was but, on the bottom of Brad's sneaker. I didn't. I I did not even notice this. You weren't. You weren't noticing them talking about windows. I was not noticing gum on a shoe. 
when Jill picks up Brad's shoes right to you know start the episode, yeah. and then she goes to throw them out. She's like, "What am I doing?" It's um, funny. Just so much bubble gum on the bottom mm-hmm. of the shoe. It just felt like it needed to be commented upon. Um, <laughs> I have no regrets. The other thing <laughs> is when the uh, answering machine picks up. There's a close up of the answering machine and. Mm-hmm. Just got to chart this for our catalog of Binford. It's a Binford oh, no. answering machine. I feel like we have, it's kind of been a while since we've seen a weird Binford product. They haven't uh, no, introduced it's just a Binford. It's been a while since I've commented on it. I mean, okay, well, no, okay. Sure, there have been, there've been like small tier, like, oh, look, it's a Binford answering machine. But like I, on Tool Time, it's been a while since they've introduced some new stupid Binford gadget. I feel like I haven't seen that in a, maybe it's just because we spent six months watching <laughs> that like now. We're going to get a fucking man's episode, Binford man's episode next episode, just for you saying that. Oh, God. Okay. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen eventually. And when I do, I'll comment on it again. Oh, um I do like the shoes. Like the, the episode starts with Jill walking downstairs with the laundry and like yelling like, oh, Brad, why did you leave your shoes out here? And she picks them up and yeah, puts them in the garbage. I like that. That, that, is, that is a very artful way to like introduce the concept of, oh, yeah, the, no, the boys are here. They're just somewhere else right now. Like the, without without them on set. It's like this is Zachary Ty Bryan's cameo in the episode is just a <laughs> right. pair of shoes. Does it, do, do shoes fulfill a contract? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm sure someone would try to argue that he should get paid for that. That, that thinking about Zachary Ty Bryan is as good as looking at him. Um, well, it does appear and, in the opening credits. Uh, yes, that's true. And, and well, so does so does uh, uh, so does Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Well, he's credited in the opening credits. Let me put it. Okay, that way. that's true. That's true. He um, has a title card. So, uh, yeah, and other than that, yeah, the brother from the, the, the call that they get from Tim's brother, Jeff, which Jeff, basically yeah. is just um, saying, yeah, I'll come over for dinner and a fight tonight. And then he starts talking at length about his awful <laughs> foot fungus. And um, the, just the, uh, I the, mean, do we we don't need to, to differentiate the who which Tim's brother this is. I mean, it's not Marty. It's yeah, it's it's, it's Jeff. Jeff, the bald kind of failed entrepreneur. Yeah, this is the one who's moved back in with Tim's mom, and yeah, uh, yep. yeah, that's 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 who it is. He's got foot problems. Um, I don't know. I got nothing on that guy. Le- it's yeah, just I want to I want to spend as little time talking about gross feet stuff as possible. Th- th- this is also what's interesting about the episode is that it veers between being more overtly sexual than Home Improvement ever has been, and also. A, a pretty overtly grotesque in terms of what is being described and talked about in really vivid terms. Uh, and it's, I'm sorry, did I say this is directed by Jeffrey Nelson? We have a guest director, David Cronenberg, stepping in today. I, I look, I would, it's, it's Tim is watching tapes of home improvement by putting them onto the VCR in his stomach. Uh, <laughs> so we, we get, we, so from the opening credits, um, mm-hmm. we come back to the Taylor house where Jill is studying for class. Uh, Tim comes home early from work. The boys are at school. He once again suggests they have a window to have sex. And uh, as they start making out oh. on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, with each with each passing scene, because it gets mentioned a lot, my titles get better. <laughs> um, but they start making out on the couch, uh, starting to take advantage of this window when the doorbell rings. And it's a surprise visit from... Uh, from uh, Jill's sister Carrie, the photographer, and Jill uh, invites her to stay at the house while she's in town on this photo assignment. And Tim is a little bit upset that uh, he's had um, uh, uh, that he's been cock blocked. Basically, <laughs> is that is that still a term? I mean, I'm not calling you out. I'm asking for my own 
knowledge I mean, and education it, is cock block still a it, term it, we use it's it's not a term it's not a term that like professionals in their 30s and 40s who have like <laughs> loved ones and friends and and jobs and careers use i is it a term that people are probably saying in a frat house somewhere perhaps ironically in a throwback to millennial culture sure yeah i i think so Okay. I'm just saying, right. it, you could you if you never say the word cock block again in your life, I don't think it's going to in any way uh, infringe on your ability to live a good and full life. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, in yeah. this situation, okay. this good. is explicitly this is explicitly what happened. It, it's true. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess the question is like, by saying cock block, are you you're placing the 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 um the oh god what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> the, the 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 fact that the pleasure is something that the male can't get when clearly it's you know oh, okay, or, okay. I, guess, I guess maybe not i mean no i i mean now now listen because yeah. in in this scene uh Jill is very interested in having sex with Tim. Her sister arrives, then Jill shifts priorities and is interested in welcoming her sister and inviting her to stay. So in that moment, you know, yes, Jill has also had a cock blocked from her, but that, I don't know, Tim is the one who's more upset about the situation. so much emphasis on the cock part? That's, okay, that's you know what, what I'm asking. <laughs> All right, Landon, I'm sorry that I I used the the kind of funny word that I used in college to describe a situation where <laughs> no, two people I'm are going to have I'm sex and another person interrupts it. It seemed like I'm the not, best idea at the time. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just trying to like understand what what the gender neutral version because it's a term, it's a it's a concept that is very useful <laughs> to be able to reference in life. What, what's oh. what's the what's the modern version of a of of that okay the, the, uh, all right let, let's just re-rack uh tim is upset about the coitus interruptus um <laughs> thank you oh i like that that's a good yeah, one thank you that's that's not that's not a modern term though i think that's actually latin so it's probably one of the oldest terms possible but um <laughs> perfect so <laughs> but Okay, so here here's this scene. This scene makes clear to us that, no, this wasn't just a goofy, sexy, cold open. This whole episode, yeah. a theme is going to be Tim and Jill trying to have sex, which is refreshing. Uh, yeah, absolutely, that they both want it. It's not a, you know, I feel like last season and maybe even earlier seasons, it's like one person wants it, the other one doesn't. Is there, you yes. know, um, is there physiological problems? Is there mental problems? Is there marital problems? It's just nice to see them both want each other. Um, yeah, it's it's something they're both excited to do. Neither one is cajoling the other one into yeah. it, and it's just they're just victims it's, of circumstance. It's not a solution to some sort of marital spat. It's oh, just God. something they both desire because they both like each other. Yes, exactly. Which is good. Which is good to see. Which is good to see. Okay. Um, I, here's oh, my other thing. It's this is going to be a. a uh, the terminology, just like we did with the cock block thing. Okay, okay uh, that's great because people are dying for more of that. So let's. I, well, let's go. This, this is specific to our our methodology or mythology, I should say. Um, mm. In the previous scene, we had mentioned you you, you had said that they were going to use the couch as a fuck spot in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I have I have to. It makes me re question what a fuck spot is. I mean, is a fuck spot just a place where people fuck? Or have I just do I need to reconceptualize where they were fucking before in the like sense of I, I'd always envisioned it as like a I don't know, maybe like a fuck cubby. Yeah. 
yeah. like a, like a hidden mansion sort of deal where like someone walking down the hall wouldn't actually see them because they're in some sort of secret, <laughs> you know, uh, room that that you pull a book off the wall and the <laughs> the, the stone fire heath hearth. Uh, you know, rotates yeah, spins, around. Yeah, it spin, spins around, and yeah, you're in a room with a rotating bed and a, a yeah. you know, bottle of, uh, you know, champagne in a, in a nice box. Um, Do I make you horny? Yeah, yes. It, you know, you push a button and, and, and music starts playing. Um, <laughs> no, that is always what, that is always what fuck spots have meant. That is always okay. what I have referred to when I have said fuck spots on this so show. So can, the question then is, can the couch be a fuck spot? I'm saying that they're going to make it one because now that the boys are older and are out of the house and they have 33% fewer boys to keep track of, they don't have to they don't have to hide. You know, they can do it with impunity now. This is as they're as right. as they get older and the and the boys get older and more independent, they're rediscovering the ability to to have a, a you know, wide open fuck spot. All right, I, I just I want to stop saying the words "fuck spot." So I'm well, gonna. You're the one who I'm just started. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I I I still have questions about that, but um, I just want to stop saying it. <laughs> so I'm I'm just you, gonna agree and move on. You gotta plan ahead, Landon. Why do you always I, assume that I'm going to be demure and not use uh, a term too much and beat you, it into the ground? You, you added thirty additional words to not say "sexy sex times." I, yeah, and, and and you know what? I found out that tiptoeing around things was bad. Something I don't want to tiptoe around is the camera work in this episode. It's okay. really good, and a three-camera sitcom, and I've talked, I've called this out in other episodes, but I want to call it out again. Just generally, a three-camera sitcom has no business looking as good or as innovative yeah. as this does. This scene starts with Jill studying for class. She's lying on her back on the couch, and the camera Bird's is hovering... View above her looking down at her as she's reading her book and Mm -hmm. there's other other bits like this that'll call out as we go on but it just it it took time to set it up this way it didn't have to look this way a lot of shows don't go to the effort of putting a camera on a crane or whatever to just film somebody on a brightly lit set and i uh, appreciate that um yeah well it goes back to our our very early seasons where we talked about one of the things that sets this show apart is that you know we're not dealing with a three camera sitcom here they actually have five yes. cameras and one of them is that floating crane that yep. you know i think is responsible for you know 90% of getting us into wilson scenes mhm that's true that's true yeah so it's been with us the entire time it's just when it's utilized a little bit differently uh to get these shots i mean can you think of another three camera sitcom that has a bird's eye view shot of a character that's that's what I've been trying to think of, and I'm really, I'm really not sure I can. Probably later seasons of Frasier, just when the show was just so big and had so many resources, mm-hmm. maybe they did that once as a one-off gag, or you know, or to to sell some kind of joke right. and a special thing. But yeah, for to just be kind of tossed out like this for no particular reason other than because they can is it? It's refreshing. It struck me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's one thing I would always credit the show with is having a very uh, interesting and unique um, visual style to it. Yes, <laughs> except for except for last week when it uh, looked like it was shot on a CCTV camera and we were watching it on a, a tube TV. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, do you have more for for this? It's kind of a kind of just a. Uh, I'll just say it's good to see uh, Tootie back. Um, yes. Let's not forget that's Miss Karn over there, uh, or I should say that Mrs. Um, 
Corn. <laughs> I don't know what she prefers to go by. Uh, uh, you're, you're right. You're she right. she probably that. also, since she doesn't use Karn as her last name, probably doesn't appreciate that. So no. Um, okay, you're right. That is that that <laughs> that is uh, that is uh, that is two D, and that's all we'll call her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just great to see her. Uh, and uh, well, I guess she Jeff is coming in the next scene. But um, I know of all of Jill's sisters, it doesn't surprise me that this is the one that has appeared the most she's got the mm-hmm. most personality uh she has an interesting job you know I, I think she has a good dynamic with jill uh and that's entirely separate from you know whatever perceived nepotism that could be there uh yeah i think yeah. she's just she she brings a very nice compliment to uh the energy of the show yeah, and she and she and Jill have like I think they also have just the most interesting <clears throat> history, and her life is kind of the most in contrast to what Jill's is. You know, she's yeah. single, she travels all around the world doing. You know, it's just I think that 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 is an interesting history in contrast between them that I think the show really makes good use of, and she, yeah, and agreed. and she's great in the role. So that's yep. just a bonus on top of it. Yeah, that's all I had for that scene, really. Yeah, well. Well, great. Well, then, so we're we're back a little later to the uh, to the same room where uh, like uh, I, I have the transitions written down. I just I don't have the details to get us in and out of the transitions anymore. So they're just completely <laughs> out of context. Tim turns Wait, to stone and falls apart, and we're into the next scene. Yeah, Why honest, I don't remember. I don't either. Wait, yeah, I don't either. I don't even have the dialogue that that one went out on. And I wrote down a lot of the dialogue. I don't know. Yeah, he turns into stone and he crumbles. I I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how when we started the show, we were so overwhelmed by even by much milder transitions than what we have now that we spent half the episode talking about them, and now they've just <laughs> faded completely into the background. We don't even know that they're there anymore. I know. Um, so we're yeah. So we're at uh, we're in the living room where Tim and Jill are trying to have dinner with uh, with Jeff, uh, Tim's brother. Uh, and he is just talking in, in really gross, vivid detail about some foot fungus stuff that's going on, and Tim and Jill are being really put off their food. And then uh, Carrie comes over, uh, or comes back from her photo assignment, and they all wind up sitting on the couch drinking beers together and watching a boxing match. And, uh, um, yeah, you know, that's a, and there's more gross stuff happening in the boxing match that they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um I don't. I like that they're all drinking beer. Um, it's clearly, I, you know, what's weird to me is that they didn't like. I don't know why they keep switching fake brands of beer. It seems like maybe they were just trying to employ the the prop department. <laughs> like, how do we well, keep everyone on staff through all eight seasons? Because it's gone from like the beers beer can that we had in previous seasons to now some sort of like Rolling Rock knockoff. <laughs> Well, so no, this this actually complements one of the bits because as they're establishing how Jeff and Carrie know each other, they're talking about some family reunion, and and Carrie is saying, "Oh yeah, I got uh, I got some great photos from that Fourth of July party where Tim almost shot a bottle rocket up his, and then Tim walks in holding the beers and says, Heineken, anybody? So like, <laughs> it, it's a setup for Tim to say Heine, uh, yeah, okay. like it's like it's it's but." <laughs> And uh, uh, so I think that's why they went with the with the green bottles to look like mm. Heineken bottles. And I, I again, guess so. but they they do I, look I, more like Rolling Rock bottles than Heineken. But well, I don't know. I mean, Heineken comes <clears throat> in a green bottle, though, right? I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, it does. But the yeah, okay, the you know. actual logo 
uh, looks more like Rolling Rock than it does. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, you know, in retrospect, yeah, I guess this is probably two out of ten stars um, for, for <laughs> at least for, for, for prop design. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I th- this whole scene with all of them meeting up and talking, I was actually kind of pissed off that I had to be taking notes because uh, just everybody's got just good kind of snappy back and forth dialogue with yeah. each other. It's funny. Everything is light. It's, it's just... I don't know. This is as much as this is an episode I could I I see myself forgetting. This is also an episode I would watch repeatedly because it's just mm. there's kind of always something entertaining happening on screen that I feel like I was missing as I tried to write down what was happening on screen. Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, do- <laughs> it does. Um yeah, I, I agree with you. There the the banter just feels natural and like I don't know, just like they were I don't, it's almost like they were aware it finally sunk in hey you know there aren't going to be many more of these so let's have a good time while we're here yes yes like like even even the camera work here carrie and jeff have carrie has sat down on the couch with jeff and they're catching up and he says something uh, carrie says oh yeah i heard that you got divorced and your business failed and now you're back living with your mother you know or J- jill told me all this and then uh the camera as they're saying this it just kind of pops unexpectedly upward from a two shot to frame in Jill clearing the table behind the couch. And Jeff just looks at her and says, Oh, thanks for giving her the updates, Jill. And it's like, (laughs) again, it's, I'm just, I may be going too deep on describing this camera work, but just the camera is active and it's being used to enhance jokes in a way that feels very confident and self-assured. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know what? We, we know what we're doing here. We're not going to make that many more of these. Let's just, you know, let's just make this one fun and interesting. Yeah, I don't. I appreciate it. I don't really have too much to say about it. I, you know, yeah. I think it's a. As you said, it's just a. It's a fun scene. Yeah, it's a fun scene that we will not remember. Um, <laughs> well, so we go to later in the in the night. They're watching the boxing match, and uh, Carrie and Tim and Jeff are all loving the match, and Jill is hating it and being grossed out, and so she goes upstairs. I mean, they're saying stuff like, oh, man, did he, oh, oh, look at that, his tooth just flew out. Oh, that wasn't a tooth, it was a tonsil. Ah, yeah, like, just, again, really gross kind of body horror pictures they're putting in in, in our heads. But uh, then Carrie <laughs> says something about how she loves watching sweaty, muscular guys test their manhood, and Jeff clearly takes this as, uh, as interesting information and starts bragging about how he used to box. And, um... Yeah, and we we go from we we go from that to the next scene. So there's there's not a lot there, but um, it's, but we talked about it. I, it yeah, it, I mean it's not it's well I don't know. What's kind of interesting about this is you know I I think in this scene it starts to I think as a viewer or maybe it's just me as a writer I don't know like you you start to like see where is the turn what is the because mm-hmm. we haven't quite hit the conflict yet we know the the like the problem tim and jill want to have sex mm-hmm. uh can't because family members keep interrupting and but it, the conflict isn't quite there yet because they welcome jeff and and uh carrie into their homes you know with a you know without really any strife you know mm. a, a little bit of joking here and there but T- you know tim has a little bit of strife but it's not like anger or strife it's more yeah, right exactly mom frustration. <laughs> yeah, i'm grading i'm I'm grading on the truman scale now okay um, great <laughs> it's the only scale anybody wants to be on numbers are wildly out of whack so i don't know this is the the point in the episode where i'm like well what's this going to be about and because you already have the theme set up of like oh sexy times 
and the, you are kind of introducing two single characters that we are already familiar with. You get kind of like wafts from the kitchen of of what's cooking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't quite know, you know, like I could smell bread, but is this going to be breadsticks? Is this going to be <laughs> some sort of calzone? Like what? What's what are we? What what's what's going to pop out of the oven? I, I'm I'm always hoping for breadsticks. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> this is gonna be I, Texas I, it, toast. It, it feels a lot like one of the one of the murder procedural shows, like the first five minutes of an NYPD Blue or a CSI <laughs> Miami or something, where it's like you're seeing this this person and you're seeing them get killed under mysterious circumstances. Or I, I, it, you just kind of you see all the ingredients coming together, and it's like okay. Okay, one of these people is gonna die. How's it gonna happen? Okay, or like this person walk, or, or this person jogging in the park is gonna find a body. Where are they gonna find the body? It's like you see, you you see these two guest actors who we've both yeah. met before in the same scene in an episode that is already sexually charged, and you yeah yeah, you yeah can, getting you along and expressing interest in the same things or being left alone. Like yeah, it's it's clearly the setup is is coming together real nicely. Um, and you're, and you're looking at, and you're looking at Tim. Like, how do you not see this coming, dude? It's written uh, right, right there. You can, you can see it. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's more Jill that's surprised by this whole thing than than Tim is. But um, well, Jill, let's go to Jill. Jill hasn't been sitting on the couch with them for like two yeah, hours watching them them talk. But yes, let's well, let's keep going. Let's go to the next scene because I think it, it it really comes into focus there. Okay, and I well, have big time questions about the next scene. Okay, very good, very good. So, uh, you know, late that night, Tim goes to bed where Jill is sitting up reading, and he uh, tries to initiate some some sexual, uh, you know, some body moving between them. Uh, but Jill is uh, Jill is Jill is protesting, saying, "Oh, well, you know, my sister's going to come upstairs any minute." And Tim says, "No, no, no. She and she and uh, uh, Jeff are sitting on the couch. He's he's talking about his feet to her. They're going to be down there for hours." Uh, and they start to hook up, but then they hear the door to the adjacent bedroom close where her sister is going to be sleeping. And Jill says, oh, no, no, we can't do it. It's gross to do it with my sister next door. And then a second later, they hear uh, Jeff's voice in there as well. And they hear some carnal noises coming from uh, next door. So, OK, so I do. OK, my question is 100 percent about the carnal noises. Yes. Um, and I, I want to circle back around to it because it's the, the crux of the scene. But yeah. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention yet because Tim this entire night has for some reason I've never seen Tim Taylor look like this but he's basically wearing a Jerry Seinfeld costume. Real wait, is he? He's he's got like a blue button-up shirt tucked in, uh, belt <laughs> just nice and neat into some slacks that go down to white sneakers. I mean, well, look, this episode does feel more like a Seinfeld episode than almost any other episode <laughs> of Home Improvement. There are no kids, and it is uh, all about sex. Honestly, I, I yeah, maybe they're maybe they're trying to maybe maybe someone at ABC was uh, just saying like, hey, we, we, there's another show that's popular where the where the main character <laughs> dresses like this. Let's just try it and see if that juices our numbers. <laughs> maybe I, but it was like coming to an end. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe well, it's more like Seinfeld's going off the air. I think we can pick up the the slack because uh, because of, of pants. It was it was really a public service. There needs to be a popular show with a white guy <laughs> in slacks at uh, at any given time. And without Seinfeld, they needed uh, home improvement to fill in the breach. Um, 
they <laughs> they go in the room and the first like the you right away hear them going oh yeah oh yeah to the point that i'm like that this is going to be a three's company issue where mm-hmm. they think they're having sex like this is this is a fake out for me cuz i'm like oh the whole thing's going to be they think they had sex and then they're going to tiptoe around it for the rest of the episode and find out that they didn't and that they're just you know good friends and etc uh we never really circle back around because well, the the level of which they're doing the oh yeahs is like comically loud and comically graphic <laughs> that I'm like there's no way that is actually what's happening. That the, the only way that they're doing that is because they want Tim and Jill to think they're having sex is the yeah, only right, reason they would be right. making that much noise. Well, and to to spoiler alert a uh, uh, scene in a minute, Carrie says they didn't have sex that well, they were just making out a little bit. That's the most memorable part of the episode for me. That has been bedeviling me all afternoon. <laughs> I just can't understand. Wait, so, because also the show has you think that they've been at it for like three hours in there. It's like, wait, so <laughs> you were just making out and yelling, oh, yeah, for like for for hours. And that's you're both the, in your when you're your making out. That's those are the quiet times. I feel like you get the you get the you get the more sexy you get, the louder you get. When you're starting mm-hmm. out, it's, you know, you're using your mouth already. So how are you? It's not like I'm going to go, um, num, num, num. oh, yeah. Um, num, num, num. <laughs> if you're the Kool-Aid man, may, maybe you are. <laughs> I mean, maybe what they did was they they have they recorded themselves saying, oh, yeah. And then they're making out and they each have a tape recorder there and they periodically press play on it to signify <laughs> to the other person that they are experiencing That's pleasure like... and want to continue. <laughs> making out with Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> no, not making out with Ferris Bueller, which seems like it would be awesome. You're making out with the guy from the band that did that one-hit wonder that they played in Ferris Bueller. It's a very different situation. Um, I think that probably maybe they maybe they envisioned that they were going to be able to get away with more, and maybe the initial script called for the sound of a bed knocking against the wall or something <laughs> like that, and and ABC was like, no, no. No, we're sorry. You can't. You can't do that. And they're like, "Well, what do we do instead?" Uh, I don't know. Maybe have them make happy sounds, but not too happy. And what they, what they got to was just, Wait, that's oh yeah, a, that's an odd. That's an odd uh, actor note. You need to make happy sounds, but not too happy. So, <laughs> oh I yeah, mean, nope, too happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you oh, can yeah. get a little happier than that. Like oh, either. Oh yeah. That was honestly that last one was about the intensity that they were doing. Also, it's <laughs> it's 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 just it's it's again it's mystifying. The same way that in the last episode, Randy went out of his way to to make clear that Lauren was has a big strong uh, chaperone who will prevent them from having <laughs> right. sex when he's in Costa Rica. Yeah. It, it's like. But Tim and Jill can base their entire motivations in this episode around wanting to have sex and get kind of close to it. But then everyone else, it has to be handled with kind of tweezers like, oh, no, we didn't actually have sex. That's the, those sounds you heard weren't us having sex. We were just smooching. It, it's like something. Well, you they're would, married. Yeah, I guess, I guess I guess you're right. It's you. Yeah, you're right. Disney's taking the most puritanical route with this. It's like any anything we can show you all kinds of stuff. If if there's rings on their fingers, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we're also skirting around the big question of this scene, which is uh, Jill is before they even hear Jeff and, and Carrie in the other room, 
Tim is trying to get it on with Jill, and Jill's like, "Ew, no, not with my sister right next door." Mm-hmm. That's the qu- <laughs> and then her sister and Jeff next door don't mind it, or I mean, I guess she does. Spoiler alert: her, uh, future scene, but like that's but, but, that's the that's the big <laughs> to, to to use your your archaic term, Truman. That's the cock block of the scene. No. It's the coitus interruptus, Landon, except the coitus can't even get started. It's interruptus before it starts. I mean, well, yeah, so so what? You're, you're commenting on, do you think, it's, you think it's strange that Jill would be reluctant to have sex when she's got a relative on the other side of the wall, or? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so the, the divide is, you know, Tim doesn't really care. Uh, and as Carrie says about Jeff later, he would have done it in the living room. Um you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with everybody around. Uh, yeah. Or I think she says uh, he would have done it with his family in the room. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's something to break open. I mean, I feel like it's I, their house. They're, they're securely in their bedroom. Like, who the fuck cares what they're doing in there? I totally get it. I think that there's certain levels of of uh, just common decency I don't know. It's not even a decency thing. It's just a modesty thing. Like, sure, sure, they're within their rights to have sex in their own house while they've got relatives staying next door. But I don't. Know. I don't I, it's I, that doesn't mean that they necess- that Jill necessarily wants her relationship with her sister to be. Yeah, I heard you and your husband having sex. Like, I don't know that I would want that. I would. I wouldn't want most of my family to have any sort of firsthand experience with that aspect of my life. So, <laughs> well, you, you're only dealing with parents. I mean, that's a very different thing than brothers and sisters, which I don't think we can comment upon. Yeah, I, I I suppose that's true. Maybe if I maybe if I had a brother, I would call him up every time I had sex and and let him know that I did. Well, uh, that, I, again, I don't know what far. siblings are like. I, oh, that's oh, but that's a bridge too far. But but not wanting them to hear it live when it happens is is well, less okay. of a bridge. Well, okay. I mean, there there. Why are we drawing such distinct lines in the sand? I mean, if I'm having sex at somebody else's place, like I would have the common courtesy to not be loud about it. <laughs> Okay, so wait now. So now you're talking about Jill's sister. Now you're saying that, well, you're saying that because so that Jill should have heard her sister having sex and then felt safe to have sex in her own house. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm. I'm okay, I guess what I'm saying is, who the fuck cares what consenting adults do in behind closed doors, as long uh, in, as if, if it's who? Okay, so Jill and Tim could have had sex, just. Don't be loud about it so that you're not disrupting, you know, other people in the house. And same with Carrie and Jeff. Like, if they wanted to have sex, why not just have sex? Just be courteous to go, I'm not in my own home. (laughs) I got to be quiet about this. Uh, Look, people people have their hangups and 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 sex is a funny thing and you've got to be in a specific headspace. And that's I'm I don't you know what I I'm not trying to uh, I don't think there I think that they made. They should make whatever call they feel comfortable with vis-a-vis where and when they do it or how loud they well, want yes. to be. I do have to yeah, question... Yeah, I'm not trying to push it in one direction or the other empirically, but I'm saying there shouldn't be shame in either direction. There shouldn't be shame. In either. I, that, with that, I fully agree with you. Although, actually, there should be some shame on the part of, uh, of Carrie and uh, Jeff because... I don't understand, also, for to believe that they're just making out in there. They were downstairs yeah, is... <laughs> on the couch... They could this have made the worst out case on the scenario. Couch. Why did where they go... they aren't having sex and it sounds like they are? Yeah, <laughs> like, at like... least if I have to hear you, I hope you're getting some pleasure out of it. 
and and if I am in and if I am the sort of person who does not want to have sex because my sister is in the next room, which is what which is what Carrie says for why they didn't have sex in there was because oh you and Tim were right next door. If if that is top of mind for me, then why am I gonna yell really loud while making out with someone? A totally unnatural and difficult thing to do. <laughs> I don't think we're going to forget this episode. <laughs> you know what? This this conversation might have cemented it in my head, yes. Um, I I should also say... Okay, so I, to, to clean up some other bits from this scene, which, boy, does it need to be clean. Um, <laughs> when, when Tim is first crawling onto the bed and trying to seduce Jill, she says, what are you doing? And Tim goes, hoping to log onto Windows 98, which is... Um, which is which is writing. This is writing that I celebrate. This is this is the stayed all week and really workshopped the show kind of writing that I love. Um, also, when he when Tim is trying to make excuses for, oh no, she's she's still downstairs. She'll be down there forever. You know, there. You know, she won't be up for a while. Jeff is talking to her about feet. His feet, her feet, our family's feet, and so Tim has said that. That's canon. And then about a minute later, we're led to believe, basically we're led to believe that the conversation that Jeff is having about feet leads to them coming into the bedroom to potentially have sex or just make out and yell, oh yeah. Wait a minute. I, and, uh, are, and wait, this, are you saying that we, the audience, are to believe that or that Tim is making some sort of asinine argument as to, well, what woman could resist a Taylor person talking about feet? I mean, well, Tim, Tim has not seemed to consider at all that there might be romantic interest between them until they hear those noises. Like, Tim just mm-hmm. thinks they're just having a chat. So I don't think Tim uh, is making a joke. I think the sh- the show is just... And also, the, I'm just saying, between the really good camera work and the suggestion that um, that feet and sex are somehow related, I this might be a Quentin Tarantino directed episode that he just took a fake name on. That's all I'm. That's all I'm putting out there. And you let's maybe not talk about him for 20 minutes. Uh, you know what I don't like about Tarantino I, is the fact that he constantly invades our podcast and lives <laughs> rent free in our heads. Oh, I make that motherfucker pay a lot of rent. <laughs> Well, that's not true. I make the people around me pay the rent for him. Yes, in fact, you pay him if you've seen any of his movies, but I digress. Um, um yeah, okay, let's continue. The next scene, uh I mean, it's really a continuation of the scene where they're it's another bird's eye shot of Tim and Jill in bed still listening to Jeff and Carrie in the other room. Yes. And and there's a lot of really great just anxiety and discomfort on their faces. It's just like uh just like torture and um yeah i mean yeah, and to both- my point about like do what you want no shame anywhere it does make for you know when someone gets uptight about it it does make for good comedy because the, i don't think there's any necessarily of them feeling like shame for the or like thinking like oh this is this is terrible this is immoral and wrong it's more just the living in the situation of i am listening to someone have sex very close by and that's a weird headspace to be in i you know (laughs) that is that is always funny i think that's why they use that gag every time characters check into a motel on a show (laughs) so i don't know but it's pretty much just them in bed for a minute like really nothing happens short of them just a short it's a very short scene yeah yeah they uh tim gets up and walks out at a certain point um and we go to the next scene where he's lying on the couch, 
uh, reading a magazine, and Jill comes downstairs. Yes. She's she's upset because they've been at it for over an hour, and they then kind of debate about, well, what could she possibly, you know, why are they doing this? You know, what, what could she possibly see in him? This is what Jill is saying, at least. And Tim is offended at uh, Jill implying that his brother is a loser, and they kind of argue argue about mm-hmm. this. And Tim pretty much just alleges that Jill not liking Tim's brother being with uh, her sister is basically her saying that Tim and his whole family are trash. And he takes uh, umbrage at that. And then um, at the end of the uh, at the end of the scene, uh, Car- uh, Carrie and Jeff uh, come downstairs and head out the door to go get something to eat. And um, Tim and Jill really. Do not try to hide the fact that they heard what was going on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I really don't have too much to add to that. I, I think it's an interesting uh, development that I'm glad wasn't blown out of proportion. Like I, I feel like the 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 umbrage that Tim takes is very, you know, um, in proportion. <laughs> mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. <laughs> I use words well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in proportion to the the issue like he knows that Jill doesn't actually think they're better than them you know that it's just kind of a and in, he might not be able to articulate it but i think he knows that she wouldn't have married him if she thought she was above him but I, there's it's just he plays it kind of annoyed more than like taking up grievance with it yeah he's not he's not angry he i don't know i i i see it as he's kind of hurt by it like he wants to like while he it's a situation where it's like yeah my brother's a loser but only i should be allowed to say that which yeah but it's it's like i guess i'm comparing it to his other you know moments on the show where in he he's allows allowed to be hurt as opposed to going so far in the other direction with it where it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I don't, I'm, I can't be hurt, so I'm an asshole. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, and and that, and also that Tim is wounded by this, and he just communicates to her about it instead of going into a lot of really uh, insulting stuff. It's like, I don't know, it, and this again, this is just a real conflict. This is just relationship yeah. stuff, and it's nice to just see them dealing with it in a way that is both funny but kind of true to life, and how an actual couple talks. And to each of their characters, too, because uh, Jill has some business in the scene when they're arguing. She's come down to get a spoon and a pint of ice cream, which is like <laughs> the, you know, the Band-Aid solution that um, we all fall back on at one time or another in life. Well, yeah, whenever I'm listening to, to loved ones having sex, I have to get some <laughs> uh, some ice-cold dairy products. Um, okay, I, here's the big question I have for this scene, which makes no sense to me. Tim and Jill okay. are ready for Betty Bye, you know, as we've seen. They're going to have some sexy times. Uh, yes. It gets coitus interruptus. Then they go through this thing. Jill's like, they've been at it for an hour. She comes down in her nightgown getting a pint of ice cream. They're arguing. Jeff mm-hmm. and Carrie come down, and Carrie's like, yeah, we're going to go out to get some dinner. It's like, they wait, wait. had. Didn't you have dinner <laughs> they right before dinner. you watched the fight? And also, what so time is the, this? Yeah, the fight was probably over at like 11 p.m. or something. Where are you <laughs> going to like a, and you've been making out, quote unquote, for at least an hour. I, yeah, I don't know where they're going or what they're eating. <laughs> I, if anything, I believe that they were leaving to go have, some, I, have a little bit of uh, a meal of coitus. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they, they they start they they did an hour of just making out and yelling, oh yeah, at uh, Tim and Jill's house, and then decided, okay, we do want to have sex, but that would be improper to do here. So now we're gonna go get a hotel by the airport. I, but I don't think I've said this either. But like, there was a point in the episode where I thought, like, when they they started saying the oh yeah, oh yeah part, where um that they were like playing a joke on Tim and Jill. Yes, uh, I thought that that was gonna be one of the things of like. Oh, let's keep up the the ruse. You know, let's go out to dinner, and you know, when we come back, we'll we'll pretend we got married or something like that. And that at the end, it's all gonna you know come out as a a big joke against him and Al or Jill. Yeah, the 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 famous sitcom trope of characters going to huge lengths to play a practical joke on someone, which I feel like happens, which is totally a thing this show would do. It's like a thing they've done yeah. so many different Halloweens. I I also like that when they're when when Tim and Jill are bickering, well, I like a lot about Tim and Jill bickering in this. It's actually a really funny and and well written scene. But um, they, they they each have a legitimate grievance. Jill is talking about mm -hmm. how Jeff is out of work and he's like had you know he's living with her mom and he's a slob and all these different things and he's gross and you know and Carrie is so much much better. And then Tim is saying, well, she's a mooch. Why is she always every time she comes to town, she just drops by here to say, hey, on her way to some hotel that she's going to stay at, and you always invite her to stay. Like, she's she's clearly just trying to get invited to stay here so she doesn't have to pay for a hotel. Like, they're just both bringing up, like, real gripes about, you know, yeah. both of them have a good point, and they're just hearing out their their issues in a, in a way where it's like, it's not like Tim, you know, being upset that he had to, that he, you know, had to go whitewater rafting with his friends or something. They both have a point where you can <laughs> see from their point of view. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's just really deft, uh, writing this episode. Yeah. So good job folks. Yeah. yeah. Well done. When Carrie and Jeff come down, uh, you know, they, Tim says, oh, you guys came up for air and they're kind of sheepish. And, and Carrie goes, oh, uh, you know, or no, no, Jeff, Jeff goes, oh, she was just showing me her photographs. And Tim goes, oh, so that's what you're calling them now. And that's that was funny. I liked it. It's just a good little bit of, you know, it's a funny bit. Um, yeah, but then we're at tool time. Tool time. And they're talking about... Um What's the what are tables made of? What's the surface that? Uh... Well, it's wood. Is that what? Is, is oh, that? yeah. See, uh huh. Wait uh -huh. a minute. Do it. I okay. Do get things now. It's uh yeah. It's table week. It's woodworking week. It's not table week. Um, but it's woodworking week, and they're talking about how to fix up a lacquered or varnished table. And Tim eventually is uh when. When Al suggests that a type of wood that Tim wants to use to patch uh, a a broken table uh, does not match with the existing grain, Tim takes this very personally. Suggests that Al is saying that uh, that his wood is better than Tim's wood, and that that's not fair and that's mean to him, and that leads him to a big rant before Al goes to commercial. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this scene as much as I love Al, um, but there's something here that. For the first time on Tool Time, uh, I feel like Tim's penchant for destruction is his appetite for destruction. It's it's so well utilized for the task that they're actually covering on the show. Like, mm. uh, he's asking Heidi about, um, you know, well, what happens if uh, your favorite table gets a ding in it, and he takes a hammer and just pounces it on the the top of the the table and like 
okay, we get Tim's, you know, more power aggro bullshit out of the way, but it's actually uh, demonstrating <laughs> something helpful and useful of like, oh, yeah, I know what kind of ding that hammer would make. And now I get to see him patch it in real time. Ever, ever since, ever since you started naturally grunting, you've had, you've just had a different. Uh, suddenly, you see, you, suddenly you see Tim's hosting of the show in a whole new light. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like before, he would have had some sort of large contraction and like try to, you know, put a divot in the table and break it in half. Like that's true. It that's just, true. It was very restrained, and but it, it still got the character out while setting up the the project they're working on very deftly no that's that is very true he didn't come out in a backhoe and smash the entire table and uh <laughs> and, and that's and that's progress also yeah. also al like th- this is one episode where al and heidi are just coming out real strong oh, roasting tim and getting his it. goat like t- tim's tim goes you know he introduces the segment and says Say you have a lacquered or varnished table, and then Heidi and Al both go, you have a lacquered or varnished table, and both laugh. <laughs> and then, perfect. And then they're talking about fixing dents or gashes in a, in a varnished table, and Al goes, well, one way that you can fix it is using a process called doping. Now, doping works in two different ways. One way is you can put Tim into the dent, and then he just starts <laughs> cracking up at his own joke, and it's... It's great. It's great to see. And Tim doesn't hiss at them or threaten to fire them. He just kind of stands there and takes the hit and then keeps going. Yeah. Well, then he walks over to the big table and mentions that it's, you know, Al's mom's dinner plate or some bullshit like that. It's, I don't know. But, okay, and that's not good. But then Al is kind of bending over the table and saying, now, if you have a prominent crack, perhaps it's spreading. And then Tim is standing behind him and looking at the back of Al's pants. And and Al then stops and immediately grows self-conscious as though he can feel Tim looking at him and just stands up and goes, okay, moving on. It's <laughs> Again, they're using negative space to kind of tell the joke yes. instead. It's... It, it, because Tim making a joke about Al's butt crack feels mean, but Al setting it up himself and t- I don't know, it, it's just it's somehow this makes it easier for me to laugh at. Yeah, I agree 100%. And we've seen it before. Um, I just wish we see it more often. It's just it's yeah. a better way to tell a joke. Yeah. And and that what I also really like is that, you know, this this plays into the time honored trope of Tim discussing a thing that's going on in his personal life on tool time. But unlike other episodes where he just abruptly stops what they're doing and marches out into the audience and asks why like women and their women and their sisters fight so much or or asks guys to come down and bitch about their wives, uh, all of Tim's issues he talks about through the context of the wood that they're working with and how you know my uh, you know. Oh my 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 ash wood is way better than your maple wood. Your maple wood can just kiss my ash, and uh, you know he's. And, you know, how dare you suggest that your wood doesn't match my wood? My wood is just as good as yours. I think all wood is created equal, and <laughs> I, it's it's just it's just more fun to see him uh, when to to see him. You know what he really wants to talk about, and seeing him d- getting getting instead wrapped up in this other thing that's a proxy for it it's it's more fun than just having him go out and blurt out his feelings to the audience uh yes i agree with you um and i again just want to see it more often 
Okay. Well, you want to say mean, that you agree with me more often? I listen. I, I I want that too. We do it a lot anyway. It's it's the fucking slogan of the show. I agree, and we are in agreement. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, maybe less of that in the last season. Maybe maybe build some conflict in really really juice our, our listenership. <laughs> but have you got Let's anything go. else from? Not, not from that scene. I mean, it, it's no. uh, it's really an unnecessary scene to the episode. We already know how Tim feels, and you know, it's just kind of amplifying his his feelings. And uh, again, checking the contractual boxes to get Debbie Dunning and Richard Carn in there. Yeah, but you know, it ch- checking those boxes fun. in a fun way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No complaints. Yeah, uh, we no go complaints. to the next scene where Wilson is shooting some bow and arrows. Yep, he is. He is. Celebrating Yabusabe, which is a Shinto tradition where you shoot arrows to expel bad vibes and resolve your old quarrels. And he's out there doing that when uh, Jill comes out and talks about her problems with uh, Tim and how he's mad at her and how she doesn't want uh, her sister to get mixed up with Tim's lame brother. And uh, in talking with Wilson, she realizes that she's actually, yeah, being kind of judgmental of Tim's family, which is something that she inherited from her father. And uh, they kind of commiserate about how they've picked up, uh, you know, how it's inevitable that you pick up certain qualities from your parents in a scene that I liked a lot. I thought it was one of my one of the better Wilson scenes, at least of the season so far. Yeah. And one of the first that um, they didn't play a Jill Wilson kind of advice portion for laughs where Jill is either misinterpreting what he's saying and going on her own kind of psychological rants or, um, you know putting words in his mouth uh like mm-hmm. she's actually sitting and listening to what he has to say and it's you know a poignant moment for her um yeah. that's kind of cool uh i i really only have one note for the scene which is i'm i'm sure you're wondering whether or not it's legal to shoot bow and arrows in your backyard uh <laughs> especially in michigan i'm I'm pretty sure if you can shoot a gun in your backyard, which I know they let you do in Michigan, I'm sure you can shoot a bow and arrow in your backyard. Maybe the homeowners association doesn't like it, but you can do that shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's legal. Uh, there is something I'm trying to get the details of this. You might need to be 150 yards from a building, um, but I can't confirm those details. So just well, look up all your local, you know, ordinances. And be safe. Yeah, before you play Wilson, uh, make sure you're in compliance with all the local codes. <laughs> but also, does does Wilson strike you as the kind of guy who always abides by the rules? Do you think he has permits for all of those exotic birds in his apartment? Do you think that mm. all of those all of those uh, you know trinkets and curios and art pieces from abroad were uh, ethically sourced? Or uh, yeah, I, don't know. I do actually. Yeah? I do, because I, he seems like an ethical person. I mean, he's out there spouting philosophy and talking about yeah. all that shit. Like he would be a bit of a true. hypocrite if he was doing things unethically. Okay, you're right. Okay, I'm not suggesting that he's like the bad guy in an Indiana Jones movie stealing these relics from other cultures. That's that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I guess I'm just saying Before I want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah I just, mean, listen. I'm now picturing Indiana Jones with a Fisher's cap on his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and always, you know, always standing behind a a fence or a tank or the Ark of the Covenant, always blocking uh, about half of his face. Yep, yep, yep. What I what I also liked about this scene, you know, yeah, yeah, Jill and Wilson having this conversation very much as intellectual equals, which I always enjoy, but also that 
when Jill starts talking about her dad and, you know, how she's judgmental just like him because he always hated Tim and she's internalized that over the years. Again, like I was saying about the benefits of having a show that's been on for eight seasons, like we know so much about Jill's relationship with her dad, having met him a few times and then watched her mourn him after he dies. It like it, this just feels like so much depth the way that like, the the ghost of him this guy who died last mm-hmm. season or even a season before is still in some way haunting her and yeah. affecting the way she relates to her husband it's just kind of a mature moment and a cool thing to have her be thinking about and talking about on again a show home improvement that doesn't usually get a lot of credit for being super deep <laughs> which which judging by two episodes ago is not always super deep it's cool to see yeah i agree with you and we and, are in agreement and and also I just have to say that this episode that this uh scene ends very well where Wilson is comforting her and saying, you know, oh I've I've picked up some of my father's, you know, bad habits too and, and Jill says, like what? And or like, you know, what stuff did he do? And Wilson goes, Odd man, kept to himself, never let anyone see the whole person as he's standing <laughs> behind a fence. And it's just it's great. It's just um yeah. it's just such good writing. I love I love you home improvement. You're a good you're a good show sometimes. Um sometimes. just disclaimer. So yeah, then then we, we head back inside. We go where... to the, the penultimate scene. Uh yep. Carrie's coming down to talk to Jill while she's working on her paper. Yep. And uh, Carrie is all dressed up because uh, Jeff's going to take her to a nice restaurant for dinner. And they talk about, you know, how they're having really, you know, she's been having a really good time and he's been treating her really well. And then, uh, but she, but then Carrie confesses that she's also sort of doubtful because of his failed relationships and failed businesses and asks Jill what she thinks. And Patricia Richardson gives a great performance of kind of thinking about this and then saying, well, he's a really sweet and decent guy. And, Carrie starts talking about how as soon as he dropped her off last night, even though they had fun, she was really picking apart all their interactions and finding all these things that were wrong with him in her head. And Jill tells her sister, yeah, that's a dad thing. You got that from dad. And if you examine anyone that closely, you'll (laughs) find flaws. And um, she resolves to go and have a good time. So she goes off and Jeff picks her up. And then uh, Tim comes in and Jill, you know, talks to uh talks to him after after uh after Jeff and Carrie have left and says so oh, you know I'm I'm sorry for being judgmental about your family you're rough around the edges but you're men and for men you're very open caring and accepting people which I don't necessarily buy but I it works in this scene but that's not necessarily <laughs> true um but yeah and then they uh then they they start kissing and then finally a window has opened that they are able to climb through for um for sexual purposes. So, Mazel tov. <laughs> You brought it home. I, I, I really I really landed the plane. Um, I, I just, I think this is a, a very mature scene, albeit one that ends in true yeah. home improvement fashion with Tim and Jill having sex. But like, I- But I, it's earned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, it is it's, earned. It's, it's not a Band-Aid solution. It's it's Chekhov's sex. If if the concept of having sex is introduced in the first act, it needs to happen in the third act, preferably as off. we fade to credits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have two two quick notes. One yeah. one is not as I guess uh, impactful as the the ghost of Jill's dad. Uh, you know, haunting her psychology here. But um, just a detail I was really impressed with. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff is taking Carrie to Sorrentino's, the restaurant that we don't see in this episode, but is where um, 
Randy and Lauren had their first date where Tim and Al went uh, for that, oh that meeting. Um, the, the, so, oh my, so, so the, okay. So a, the ghost of Randy is kind of also haunting this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. I've yet yeah, Sorrentino's the go-to nice restaurant I, yeah. <laughs> for the show. Yep. Uh, also, this is just a, a weird little detail. Uh, this is the IMDb trivia, but um, I, I'm pulling it out because Truman, I think you, would appreciate it, or at least your dad would. Um, mm. Oh, this is interesting. This is the first episode in which Jill's laptop has changed from an X86 laptop to an Apple G3 laptop, but it has a Raspberry um, sticker over the Apple logo. Ah, clever. Very clever. A different type of fruit. Um, my... <laughs> My dad and I both find that interesting, actually. That is good. I did notice her laptop was a little sleeker than the than the big mm-hmm. uh, clunky briefcase they've been using before. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, well, do you think this one will run Monkey Town 2, the sequel to Tim's favorite video oh, game? of course. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You you kill my paper, I kill your monkey. Um <laughs> Uh, I mean, we. I guess we've already picked to death the the thing in this scene where where they've had this. After having this heartfelt conversation, Jill says, "Well, you know, since you've already slept with him, I guess you guys should get together." She she goes, "Oh no, we didn't do that. We were just we were just making out." Um, but that is that is where we get this completely unbelievable information that it is kind of shocking to me that Jill takes with a straight face. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, we go to our stinger, which I have playing well it's kind of a stinger slash like a fake scene slash outtake it's it's not a blooper necessarily i i am i have it playing in the background but remind me why tim has frosted tips i have no i have no idea we get the weirdest just stitched together bloops that i've ever (laughs) seen where it's it's wilson out back and they're playing the they're they're playing the we're watching a blooper reel music of bam 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 but um so we my favorite rendition i know it's it it gives you chills when you finally get to the chorus uh (laughs) but they you know it's it's wilson with his back turned to the fence and he hears tim say hey wilson and he turns around and goes oh oh neighbor what happened to you and we get this shot of tim with a beard that has been bleached blonde and hair that is also bleached blonde and tim goes oh yeah i just saw al's mom naked and I don't, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't remember when Tim has had his hair bleached, why Tim has had his hair bleached. I, I, I don't know I, what this is or why they felt like we needed to see it right now. It's definitely not from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for, I realize why I forgot what the line was and the context for the scene. And, you know, uh, it's going to go back into the forgotten vault there. Um we do get a blooper with uh with Al uh flubbing a line um and they got these little bow tie pieces of wood uh that they're using to to do the um project on as soon as Al blows funny. the as soon as soon as Al blows the line Tim Allen just like immediately holds the little bow tie shaped piece of wood up to the collar of his shirt like a like a fake bow tie as though he the whole time he was holding it, he's like, "Oh man, I really want to do a bit with this." <laughs> I know. Oh man. Oh, oh, the, oh, we're not using the shot. Great. And then he just stands there holding it while Richard Karn is laughing for a good five seconds, 
like not reacting to Richard Carn, just like, look at my bit, look at the bit that I'm doing, Richard. And finally, Richard Carn sees it, and he's holding a much bigger butterfly shaped piece of wood, and he too puts it up. I don't know why I even described it in that much detail, but it's. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to round that off, uh, Richard Carn does give kind of a little twinkle in his eye, eyebrow raise, and go, mine's bigger. Yeah, oh, he. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i guess that's it yeah that is a good button to end the episode on <laughs> i a very uh, horny episode i don't have anything more from this episode so let's uh, Sherman. what do we learn in this episode um we learned that uh you we, we learned that that if if you are engaged in in physical acts of romance with someone you you can be quiet about it. You don't have to yell, oh, yeah. That Just not yelling, oh, yeah, will save you a lot of troubles because it might lead people to believe that you're having sex when you're actually not. What did you learn this week? <laughs> I think uh, we learned that there are a lot of stigmas still around sex uh, that we, as Americans specifically, don't have a healthy relationship with sex. And mm-hmm. um, it's true. It's true. I'm not going to solve it here in this uh, this little wrap up, but just I, I think you can. Saying, hey, America, go for it, dude. <laughs> let's, hey, America, let's let's bring that into collective therapy and and see what we can do about it. <laughs> you you should you should have a weekly or even nightly cable show just called, Hey America, let's bring that into collective therapy. And I, I, I really think you can change the world. <laughs> um, okay. I, I have to address something, Truman. Uh, oh, we boy. didn't have any character actors in this episode. And I one. wanted to, to, to mention that explicitly because uh, at the time of this recording, our season premiere came out, but Episode two has not yet been released. That'll come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we have been taken to task. I We mentioned it in the last episode. Um, people, I mean, we understandably, we did seven seasons of character actor corners. We did not do character actor corner in the season premiere, and we had three character actors. People I, I noticed at- the, the distinct lack of corners in the episode. I, I can't walk down the street anymore with my head held high knowing about what we've done to the character acting community (laughs) um and so we had talked maybe we'll do it in the season spectacular you know uh but i I think we just gotta we gotta address it now get it out of the way and be able to enter the rest of the season without that hanging over our heads okay that's fair that's only right okay I know we don't want to, but thinking back to the season premiere, Whitewater. Uh, <laughs> so cold. We have three, we have three uh, character actors to discuss in this mm-hmm. uh, retroactive character actor corner. Um, let's start uh, chronologically with... Uh, Cub. Oh, God. What was his name? Um, Cub. Give me a second. Cub. Tub? Cub, cub, cub. Yes, <laughs> he said it four times. <laughs> well, it's over headphones. The C and the T. It's just it gets muddled yeah. through technology. Okay. Tub, cub, cub. Played. Let's. We've been doing this for two hours. Give me a break. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. The, the, we're, we're we're all slipping here. Okay, C U B, cub. Cub. Yes, cub. cub who is... looks like above ground swimming pool Jesse Plemons? Is played by. Chris Stacy, who is an actor, producer, and a director, uh, he has 16 acting credits, and one of them is Home Improvement, another mm. is Modern Family, 
and another mm-hmm. is Quantum Leap. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's quite a quite a trifecta of uh, uh-huh. of kind of '90s heartthrobby dudes. I mean, yes. I guess Modern Family was 2000s. Um, <laughs> to give you the NYPD? full breadth, uh, his first credit was in 1990 in the Jim Belushi film Mr. Destiny. So, and. Mm. Uh, Modern Family was in 2015, so his entire acting career does span the the life of ER. Okay, um, but I'm gonna say without even asking about N- was he on NYPD Blue? Actually, he was not on NYPD Blue. He wasn't on ER. He was not on ER. He Boom. was on nice. the John Larroquette show, though. Ah, well, almost as good. Just as hard hitting. <laughs> uh, next up chronologically is um, Michael Cudlitz, who was playing the uh, the guide, the wilderness guide. If you think I remember what the fuck his name was, you are wrong. Um, oh man, I yeah, I I'm just proud of myself Kyle. remembering Cub. Kyle, gotcha. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle the the whitewater guide. Um, Michael Cudlitz, sir. Uh, we have 118 acting credits. Okay, that um, seems like a prolific character actor. <laughs> I think most recently, and maybe most iconically, he played Abraham Ford on The Walking Dead. Mm, uh, the, okay. the flat top, redhead, handlebar mustache, biker, dude, <laughs> tough guy, I, hard quit. as nails. Quit watching that show nine or ten years ago, but I, I trust you. If if he wasn't on the first two seasons, I didn't see him. Uh, yeah. So there's okay. that. He was in an episode of Growing Pains, um, Ooh. with uh, Leo DiCaprio. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unimpressed. Okay. Uh, I, I, he it's... was in uh, Gross Point Blank, a movie that I love. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some Cusack action. Some Cusack yeah, action. He was. Uh, in the movie Sex Drive, uh, he has oh. uh, he had eleven episodes of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. He was in D three The Mighty Ducks. Uh, he was in an episode of uh, Walker Texas Ranger. All nine episodes of Band of Brothers. Oh, he did three episodes of Twenty Four. He was I... in an episode of CSI Miami Prison Break. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Two episodes of Lost. No, no, that that's good. I like that the guy playing the disturbed war veteran was in every episode of Band of Brothers, though. That feels uh, <laughs> that feels right on some level. That answers what war he was in. Uh, I'm gonna t- yeah, well, yeah. There you go. He looks great for his age. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say that he was on ER. He was on an episode of ER uh, called The Healers playing a character mm-hmm. named Lang. Here's an interesting thing that I don't think... Well, maybe we just haven't paid close enough attention, but Home Improvement has now been on long enough that they can have character actors who previously starred on ER as opposed to went on to star on ER. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that is really interesting now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in we so deep a, that... Yeah. We have a distorted view of the word interesting. Lastly, uh, yes, playing Kyle's wife... Uh, with 21 acting credits. Um, Luann, Kyle's wife, mm-hmm. is played by Laurel Green. She was on an episode of According to Jim, the 1980s mm. version of uh, The Twilight Zone, an episode of Amazing Stories. Uh, she was mm. in Soul Man. 
Oh. No, not the Dan Aykroyd TV show. The very <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, that's the C. Thomas Howell movie. Is it? But is it more unfortunate than the Dan Aykroyd show <laughs> Soul Man? I'm I'm not I sure. I'm not going there. Um, was she on already ER, did. Uh, I'm going to say no, not on ER. She was not on ER. Oh, good job. Good. That's good. I would have felt really bad Brown, if I... Though. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. It's not, not not super surprising uh, to me that she was on Murphy Brown. That seems to kind of track with, with the other <laughs> credits. You are 100% the season with the ER, ER game, man. No, I'm not. No, I I guessed one of the one of the musicians from from last week. I said he wasn't on ER, and in fact, he was on ER. I'm I hate to I hate to inform on myself. I hate to narc on myself, but it's the truth. I mean, okay. I mean, you're you're refuting my revisionist history here, and I feel slightly offended by it. But I, you um, know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm part of the woke mob coming to cancel you <laughs> with my alternative views on uh, on uh, how how right or wrong I am about things. All right, we got one more thing to do before we wrap up this episode, and I should have done it before uh, the the character actor corner. Uh, that is a question which goes <gasps> the grunt count. My the, guess the, is zero. The question goes the grunt count. Uh, and you're correct, zero grunts this week, which is, again, surprising, because in an episode that's mainly about sex, I could foresee many years ago Tim uh, grunting feet. a lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, agreed. Yep, uh, agreed. Cool. Let's get out of here. Uh, grunt work <laughs> Let's. is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at gr- patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts because it really helps people find the show and it's a free way to support us. Stop by to say hi to us on social media <laughs> at yeah, gruntworkpod. Yeah. Whichever think- site still exists and isn't paywalled at that point. <laughs> uh, or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com not slash feet because that's a no that's a page you don't want to go to uh, yeah and and not and not slash twitter because you don't want to go there either <laughs> where you can find information on today's episode and some of the other fun things that we're doing like our discord and sign up to our newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released until next week when we bring you episode four of the final season of home improvement four. i've been landon solano I've been Truman Caps, and remember, God never closes a door without also opening a window. <laughs> <laughs>